A couple hundred years ago, the only thing you had to worry about was a hangover. Time you're an investigator? More or less. Today, because of your curse thingy, you can't sleep with anyone. I'm not a teen. I'm your boss. Or else you might feel a moment of true happiness. You got already an addiction to the brooding part of life. Lose your soul. Except for the bulk of it, where I was nearly tortured to death. Become evil again. You're a demon hunter. Rogue demon hunter. And kill everyone. It's fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Thanks, Cornelia. Hello! Hey, buddy! Welcome to Ale with Angel. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. In today's episode, we're reviewing Season 2, Episode 8, The Shroud of Ramen. Yeah! The Shroud of Noodles. Noodles! With extraordinarily high sodium content. Yes. And well, the cat wants to go back outside. <laughs> all right. Letting the cat out. Not a problem. Luckily, Rex has a tiny house. I got this. Yes. And I got a parent black. Holy shit, do I need it? The neighbors are fucking <laughs> singing American Pie in its entirety. Thank you for that. And I think they started over. Yeah, they probably did. And it's not even the motherfucking Weird Al version. Right. Oh, shoot. We had voicemail, didn't we? Oh, yeah. Well, first things first, I've got us a big old list of executive doodle doos to read off. Right on. Which, for all you laymans and beer with Buffy slash L with Angel first timers out there, a doodle do is a Patreon and is also, in a complete non sequitur fashion, a derivative of the word fuck a doodle do. <laughs> but don't in this case, but it's still funny to me. I hope it's funny to you too. I'm going to stop digging myself a super deep hole here. <laughs> so, our very first doodle do is Jay Sommer, Paul Dahlheimer, Christina, Lauren Jewell, Catherine Parkinson, Karen Moon, Chris V Man, Catrick J. Fur, Hilly Hilfman, Scarlett Joy, Janella Lindauer, Simo Pinty, Meredith McCaslin, Rose Clark, C in quotes heaps, Andy Burgess, K. Fronome, Father DeFinistrato, Matthew Indibur, Kelly McAdams, Shuby Pathic, Jesse Rain, and Carrie Phillips. Thank you very much. Without you, this show literally is not possible. Bam Chaboozle Giggity. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, yes. All right. I think next on the docket we have some voicemails. Yeah, that some we've been, voicemails that we've been neglecting from Moment. A little bit, just a little, just tiny, tiny little bit. We were a little preoccupied, um, but that's okay because now we're there and we're gonna do it, and you're gonna like it, <laughs> unless you don't, in which case that's cool too. Well, our very first voicemail is from well, shit, I don't know his name. Yeah, he didn't say his name, and I didn't have it saved as a contact. But I'm guessing, I'm guessing that this is Patrick J. Fur or Patrick, Pat F. something or other. That's my guess. Anyway, here's his voicemail. Beep. Hey, Renton Jim. Uh, regarding your question about your first episode um, and whether or not it was good, I honestly don't remember, but I'm still listening to the podcast to this day, so I guess it was okay. All right, bye. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah. Uh, if if you're not Catrick J. Fur, then Catrick J. Fur, please let us know. <laughs> and we will stop crediting you for this person's phone number. <laughs> or if you're this person and you're not Catrick J. Fur, let us know who you are so we can credit you properly. But last I checked, you're a huge <laughs> troll and you wouldn't tell us anyway. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Uh, sound logic. Yeah. I can't argue with that. I mean, you know, if you really think about it, we have a 
pretty good steady amount of regular downloads from regular listeners so you know the beginnings of the show must be good yeah if you're not listening you certainly wouldn't be calling in and telling us that our first episode sucked if you are still listening you obviously have a high tolerance for bullshit and you loved us so why did we even ask that was silly or a high tolerance for inappropriate behavior yes because there's plenty of that here bullshit exactly All right, on on to the second message. Next message from Crystal River Sam, the Madam of Many Monikers. Beep! Hey Josh, hey Rex, it is the Madam of Many Monikers, Crystal River Sam, hey from Gnome. I wanted to tell, call and tell you guys my experience with not knowing about Dawn. When I was going through Buffy for the first time, I was actually watching it on DVD when I was working at Hollywood Video. So I was renting those fuckers for free. It was great. Yes, when video stores, so early 2000s, I would take like three discs of a season home. So the first episode with Dawn, where Dawn shows up, Dracula, at the end of Dracula, <laughs> I was like, what? Who? Who is? Who is this? Did I, did I skip a season? Who the fuck is that? So I thought I had the wrong season. I stopped watching. I went back to work the next day and was like, are we missing a season? What's going on here? Like, what? And I was like, no, no, I got the right season. So I went home and kept on watching. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Who is this little twat? And then, you know, the whole monks thing came about and was fell. And I was like, oh. Fuck you, Joss Whedon. What the fuck? <laughs> Dropping fully enmeshed characters in on us. So, yeah, that was my experience. Uh, it was good. <laughs> I like how you introduce her, and then she introduced herself. Yeah. Me and... too. <laughs> we just want to burn it into people's ear retinas. No, I, I liked this. I, I liked being able to hear... A, any tale of when people first learned about Dawn. I Well, since you specifically asked for it, I would hope so. Well, yeah. But uh, I actually greatly miss video stores. Right. I also like, worked in a video store one time. I never so... worked in one. I tried to work in one. They they would not hire me. I actually worked in two different video stores. I worked in a Blockbuster. Fuck you, Blockbuster. I'm glad you're dead, except for your one tourist trap <laughs> out in Oregon or wherever the fuck it is. And I hope they die, too, because God, what an awful company. Um, they went out of business for a reason. They sure did. They're worse than used car salesmen. Considerably worse. Oh, yeah. Used car salesmen are yeah. at least selling you a product that's useful. <laughs> It might nickel and dime you afterwards, but at least you can go in there and not buy something and not feel completely molested afterwards. <laughs> I I swear to God, I never rented a thing from Blockbuster until I worked there, and I felt dirty after they taught me their simple 12-step system oh, to God. checking out a customer, which consisted of, do you want to buy this? No. Why don't you want to buy this? And if they say no to that... Well, you're definitely certain you don't want to buy this. All right, fine. Step four. What about this other thing that you don't want? Do you want to buy that? Huh? Do you? Do yeah. you? And around step nine or ten, you finally ring up their shit that they brought to the fucking counter. 
and my fucking boss is hovering, breathing heavily over my shoulder <laughs> as I'm trying to learn this, which is just not conducive of a learning environment to begin with. Yeah. And then criticizing me because I had to improvise because customers don't like scripts. No, they don't. And they just really, really don't. Everything about that job made me want to burn the fucking place down and murder my so my tactic for dealing with that kind of sales technique is the same tactic I have for when I call any automated voice line ever. 99% of all automated voice lines, if you just press the zero key over and over again, you will eventually just they will transfer you to somebody. You will get a person who will be equally as useless. So when you get in line and you start having someone check check you out in retail, you just say to them I would like to just pay you for this thing. How much do I owe you? You just answer with how much do I owe you? Anytime, anything they say, how much do I owe you? And then they'll just shut down and be like, oh, I'm going to fucking toss this script and just check you out. Yeah. And that's what, frankly, most people did to me. I'm a terrible salesman. I should never be involved in sales unless it's something I very specifically believe in. And when it comes to movies, I very specifically believe in you should be able to rent this movie and go home. Yeah. <laughs> and I should be able to rent this movie to you and not have to worry about selling you shit. Here's your movie. Fuck off. While I'm making only slightly above minimum wage. Yeah. Like, guess what, guys? Your incentives, hard air quotes, are not very <laughs> motivating. Any Anyway... So thank Crystal you. Crystal River Sam, thank you very much for the opportunity to rant. Yes, thank you for fueling our aggression towards retail. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was, I guess it was neat uh, to hear your description of your learnedness, your your learning journey about Dawn. I can get on board with saying fuck you, Joss Whedon, probably for entirely different reasons than yours or both. Um, anyway, yeah, neat. Thank you for sharing that. Next voicemail is from Lauren Jewell. Beep. Okay, so this is actually in response to the doodle-doo idea thing. Um, however, I'm a little intoxicated at the moment, so I don't trust me typing. So instead, rambling to the voicemail sounds way more festive. Okay, silly shenanigan idea number one. You guys could interview each other. So either you interview each other or the Patreon folk will like send you guys stupid questions or this idea sounded really funny in my head but it's also really stupid and like if I see what I mean I don't even know if it's gonna make sense but you could do a fan fiction in tandem and it could be roughly based on if all of the characters from Buffy and Angelverse were on a like celebrity dating game where like Buffy was the contendant and like I don't want to say Spike and Angel because they're the big ones but like the side characters I forget which or what his name is but he's in Buffy in the later seasons and he's like the pig demon thing that's just a big old sweetheart yeah him I feel like I had more ideas they will come back at some point all right you're both fantastic drink some water okie dokie other tokies Goodbye. I'm not 100% certain 
what you're suggesting them for because I don't remember what we said to prompt your. your I call. really enjoy that you're calling in drunk, Lauren. Yes, you are truly in the spirit. Yes. of beer with Buffy and ale with Angel. It, 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 you are executing the purpose of these voicemails <laughs> exactly as we hoped. Spot on. But anyway, honestly, uh, yeah, is your this... first suggestion a Q&A? I would love to do a Q&A. Sure. If we, if we had enough people who had questions, who wanted to ask us questions, I think that would be fun. Yeah, is this something about a perk idea, though, or just another bit? Um, that, that's, that's what didn't really come through in, in yeah. the message there. It's not that these are bad ideas. They could be extraordinarily fun. Well, to me... it. It speaks very strongly of a problem I also have when I'm drunk, and that is I don't start talking about the subject. I just assume they already know what I'm talking about. Right, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, expound on that. Love the ideas. Keep them flowing, Bubble. Keep them flowing. Very nice. Very uh, nice. Your second idea, though, fan fiction, I, I have no desire whatsoever in any part of myself to write fan fiction. Everyone fucks everyone. Bam. There it is. I mean, that's fan fiction, but I, I have no desire to write it. Yeah. <laughs> None at all. <laughs> um, the sweetheart pig demon. I'm sorry. No idea. <laughs> no idea who you're talking about. And uh, I will not drink water until we are done with this episode. And then I will drink water. I drink lots of water. Don't worry about me. The final thing I want to say is, we already knew you were from Michigan, but boy howdy does uh, closing off with the phrase, okie dokie artichokey, that just paints a big fucking, you're from Michigan across your name. God, I haven't had artichoke dip in <laughs> ages. Thank you for that. I'm going to seek that out. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Well, then let's get on with this so we can get... What would you like me to do next, Rex? I think it's time for a parental synopsis. You sick bastard. Joshua! What the fuck is going on, Joshua? Well, shit, Dad, I don't know how to say it. <sighs> I think I got wrapped up in some bad shit, man. I'm in a little over my head here. Ah, fucking kids. Always having emotions about things. I'm so happy. I'm so sad. I'm so strong-armed into doing illegal things and my life is in danger. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Josh's dad. Look at me. I'm so immune to emotions, which is why I'm so angry all the time because I'm so stupid that it's the only emotion I know how to have and respect in others. <laughs> hey, anger isn't an emotion. It's how to be a man. Didn't I ever teach you how to be a man, Joshua? <laughs> no, I think I missed that lesson. I guess we've been too shrouded in our Ramonsians. <clears throat> Excuse me, I yawned a little while I was saying that, so it sounded a little funny. Oh, are you tired, little boy? Are you having a widow pain in your widow heady head? All right, I'm done here. I'm going to go be a double agent on a heist and maybe drink some blood to save a life and regain the trust of an old acquaintance. You're delusional. TV isn't real. The only thing that's real is my abuse. I love you too, Daddy. Don't talk back to me, you little shit. You know, that word makes me super uncomfortable. I also hate you viscerally. That's more like it, fuckface. 
(laughs) (laughs) Okay, now that I've gotten that unpleasantness out of the way, I can tell you all about how Angel gets wrapped up in a heist because he's trying to help Gunn's cousin out of a bad situation by killing the vampire involved on the job and impersonating him. Gunn does the same thing by taking over for his cousin, but they don't do a whole lot in the way of preventing this heist from happening. Instead, they just kind of go through with it. Probably doesn't help at all that the Shroud of Ramon that they're stealing from the museum makes them all go batshit insane. Kate gets in the middle of the heist, and Angel has to fight her to keep up appearances, but saves her life in the long run by taking a little sip from the old Bloody Mary dispenser built into her neck. (laughs) (laughs) Angel dukes it out with the demons running the heist back at their garage and manages to burn the malevolent enchanted shroud. They all have an irreverent evening of quiet reflection after Kate clears Wesley of wrongful charges against him. The end. Ladies... Gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Your uh, parental synopsis are getting getting a little bit uh, abusive and emotionally wrought. Derivative? I was... <laughs> well, uh, too close to home or what? A little, little both, but also like... <laughs> It's like adding new abuse that that didn't previously exist. I'm gonna and get... like compounding it with existing <laughs> abuse to like create a a bigger, worse abuse. Yeah. See, I I'm gonna give you a little insight into how I write the the synopsis. <laughs> <laughs> I take the most abusive character from the episode and put it in the parental position, and I take another character that drove the plot of the episode without being particularly abusive and i just play them off of each other as if they're a parent and child well it works and it's usually a pretty good a recipe for ridiculousness it works yeah so we cold open to two guys they are apparently cops some sort of detective. It's an interrogation room situation. Classic procedural crime drama setup. Two detectives yeah. we've never met are talking quietly behind a one-way mirror about this nut job that had he had better talk. And if the girl dies, he's all yours, Sparky. We don't get any names, so he gets Sparky. Yeah. They head into the interrogation room, and it turns out it's Wesley. <gasps> oh, no, it was not Wesley. They, they did this thing where he had his head down and, like, he kept his head down for an extremely, like, overly awkward amount of time. Yeah. So that they could have the dramatic moment of him, like, slamming his fist on the table and to show us that it's Wesley. It's like... <gasps> we, They've we, revealed that it's Wesley! I had no idea it would be a character we recognized. Also, we've been watching this show long enough. I recognized him from the top of his head. Yeah. Like, and his back. <laughs> yeah. And literally every angle of his body. Yeah. We know... The fucking characters on this show. Seriously. Thanks, guys. But yeah, he's a bit confusing. And I don't like this trope when the procedural crime dramas, they do this where they have no context to what anyone's talking about whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's confusing. It doesn't add to the show at all, I think. It's just confusing. No, I, I really just hate the trope of, here's the opening, here's something happening... 24 hours earlier. They made a whole episode of Rick and Morty. Well, not a whole episode, 
but they dedicated a good part of a really popular episode of Rick and Morty, the one about the purge, to uh, yes. how much the writers of Rick and Morty fucking hate this trope in writing. Mm-hmm. That 24 hours earlier, remember the lighthouse dude during the purge that Morty accidentally murders? Yeah, vaguely. He's like, how do you like being dead, fucker? Should I cut to 24 hours earlier before you were dead? Would you like that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn, shots fired. <laughs> and how the guy just couldn't take criticism at all, but was all about how I really enjoy criticism and I would like some help on my script. And then he's the most boring reader ever. Yeah. And it's just the most awful screenplay. I, I thought it was hilarious. And I know it's so many people like that. Clearly depicted by men who have sat through far too many conversations <laughs> that went very similarly. Hey, you're a professional writer. Would you like to critique some of my work? <laughs> no. No, yeah. I don't. No, it doesn't even have to be a professional writer. Just anybody that will listen, their claws immediately just oh, like, sink into. So I seem to have you held hostage in my abode. I'm going to force you to listen to my screenplay. Yeah, just don't. Don't, just fucking, don't fucking do, do it. it. Just don't do it. Yeah. Back to Angel, where uh, right before they go to the opening credits, we get a, a short little snippet of Angel drinking someone's blood. Uh, and that, that's the big Well, tease. so the, the cops are talking to Wesley. They give him the tired old intro. Yeah, now tell us what you know, and we can help you. Stay silent, and we'll happily break the law and violate some civil liberties. Hashtag ACAB. Hashtag police brutality. Hashtag Miranda rights. Suddenly... Wesley raises his head and starts rambling as incoherently as one might expect from someone who's a former member of no less than one super-secret society that manages supernatural matters of the occult and makes these two pigs look like laughable drones that are in over their head more than they could possibly imagine. (laughs) So Wesley's like, none of them should have been there. Not Sheed, not he, most certainly not them. All, all of them, damn it. You didn't bring it here. No, we're still alive. Ha 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 ha. Christ, he grabbed her hard. Are you, are you guys getting all this? It's, it's clear, you damn pawns, you sheeple. Don't you have any idea how good I am with the ladies? It's at least as good as I am at explaining to cops things. At least. They're like, holy shit, dude, you need help. <laughs> we're not going to give it to you, though. Now crack, Limey, crack. All right, it all went horribly wrong. That's that scene. And, yeah. And then... Oh, and by the way, shut the fuck up when cops talk to you. Yeah. When they tell you that you're not allowed to sit there and not talk, they're wrong. Don't listen to them. Um, even though I'm, that probably really only happens in TV shows, but I wouldn't know. Right. I wouldn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. Oh, there's a quick cut to Angel that having just drank somebody's blood and kind of looking like he's dressed like the goddamn Joker and blinking a lot. He was blinking a lot. I didn't even fucking register that he wasn't wearing like normal Angel clothes. Also, the lighting was terrible. Yeah, the lighting was terrible. But it didn't register on me at all that he was wearing different clothes than what he would normally wear. Yeah, very bright shirt. Turned out his jacket was not purple, but in the lighting, it kind of looked purple. And with the, all the weird makeup he had going on and the bright red blood on his lips, he looked like the fucking Joker. A little bit. To me. Back in the interrogation room after the opening credits, and Wesley's kind of recounting events with slightly better context and coherency. Kinda. Eh. Maybe. Kind of more of the same, bit. if you ask me. I'm assuming through this he's talking about Angel. But he's not being very uh, clear. Yeah, I 
Well, having watched the whole episode and understanding now that they were under the the effects of the Shroud of Ramon, which drives people crazy, I think he was still coming off of the effects of that, probably causing yeah. him to ramble incoherently. Um, but every reference he made to him or her, I think, was subsequently to referring to Angel or Kate. Yeah. And how none of them should have been there. And yeah, he's right. They shouldn't have. More on that later. You shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been there. You shouldn't have been there. We all shouldn't shouldn't have been there. there. Yeah, exactly. Well, the cops maybe should have been there. But nobody else really should have been there, which is why the cops needed to be there. He's like, ah, but it all happened so quickly. Nobody tells the boss what to do. And they're like, the boss? Who's the boss? He is. So who's he? Ah, Cut back to the hotel lobby. Yes, where uh, Cordy got new hair. She did. Yeah, I don't like it that much. <laughs> it was jarring at first, but I I grew uh, okay with it by the end of the episode. Yeah, okay. I I think it's a good look for her. Later on, we see her walking with Wesley, and she's wearing a t-shirt and a leather jacket. Uh huh. With with that look, the hair works. It seems like a high maintenance hairdo yeah. though oh, God, like yeah. before she could just kind of tie it up or do whatever and it was fine but now she's got to like tease it the, the other thing product is it, and dye it it screams 90s to me yeah that that's i think where my biggest problem is is it it feels so dated of a hairstyle yeah i i felt like it was the producers sitting back going mm, she's not sexy enough she's not up to date enough with the styles of the times Maybe, yeah we need to keep up with charmed which was airing at the same time as this oh yeah yeah she's not as hot as phoebe i have no idea who phoebe is oh she's one of the characters on charmed i don't want to share my feelings i don't want to open up i want to find the guy that killed tina and i want to look him in the eye then what But yeah, uh, apparently Cordy has had new hair for 10 days. 10 days. And nobody has noticed. I'm sorry. The whole trope of like women changing their hair and guys not noticing. Is this a real thing? Because it has never fucking happened to me that somebody I see on a regular basis changes their hair. I fucking noticed that shit. Yeah. Well, I mean, when I cut off my ponytail, not a single person at work said a damn thing. Granted, I'm a guy. Yeah, it's an annoying trope, though. I agree. Yeah. So, Wesley's still doing the bodyguarding of the stars. Oh, yeah. He's, he's wearing quite quite a good suit. And it's actually tailored to him properly. Is that the thing that started the last episode of Angel or the episode before? Uh, it started in Guys Will Be Guys. Yeah, and I think that was the, la- the previous episode. No, no. The previous episode was Darla. Oh, you're right. So, two episodes ago. Yeah. In terms of Angel. Yes. Four episodes ago in terms of us. The yes. Buffyverse. Yes. If you will. But yeah, he's still doing that. And he, he expresses worries about Angel being sad all the time because that's not par for the course. Right. They're complaining about Angel's brooding quota and him meeting it really thoroughly. And Wesley, not so convincingly, acts like he's going to go tell Angel to knock it off. (laughs) Knock it off, you sad sack. This act is boring and garish, you see. And go do something productive, damn you. And quote of the day, Cordelia says to him, nice posturing. What made it, though, is his response without missing a beat was, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, yes, I am posturing and I am doing it well. Damn right. (laughs) 
So Cordelia informs him that Angel is gone anyway, and he's helping Gunn's cousin or something. And then Wesley fucks off to this premiere that is rich no, and no, famous. No. He says that he's going to a premiere, and he's like, hey, I got an extra ticket. Yeah, I was getting there. Cordy's all about that extra ticket. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nobody does shallow better than Cordelia. So That's very true. That clears up her sneering, jealous attitude quite nicely. Yeah. And they fuck off together. Yep. Uh, we go to the streets of L.A. It looked like a junkyard to me or some shit like that. I don't know. Somewhere in L.A. Streety anyway. street, exterior uh, nighttime. Yeah, we meet we meet Gunn's cousin. Lester. Yeah, Lester. We meet Lester, and Lester's a bit squirrely. A little squirrely. Lester does not look like the type of person I would want on my fucking heist crew. Right? Like, he looks like the type of person who's gonna fucking talk to cops! Fucking hell, dude. I can, for the life of me, cannot figure out in the first place why you would ever want to strong-arm an unwilling person into a heist. No! You don't! You want people that want to be involved in your fucking heist. Yeah, exactly. But we digress, and more (laughs) on that later. So uh, Lester's gotten caught up in some sort of museum heist being led by this vampire named Jadon, and he's been strong-armed into being the driver. And he gives up the details, like, immediately. Like, he's the one that called the meeting between Gun and Angel in order to give them the de- the details on this meeting in the hopes that they will get him out of it somehow, some yeah. way. They're like, yeah, man, we got you. We're going to get you out of this. No problem. And we're going to make sure this job doesn't even happen. And yeah. Lester runs off with a squirrely and not at all trustworthy laugh. <laughs> like a little kid that just got told he could go play with whatever he wants to in the mall. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like this man should not be his own guardian. <laughs> kind of a laugh (laughs) but he's probably over 18 so there's nothing we can do about it (laughs) but yeah the last thing that gun says to him is he he advises him to go to the meeting but they're gonna get him out before the crime actually happens uh the meeting is supposed to happen in like the next day and the crime is not going to happen for like another week or something like that. Something like that. He doesn't have details. He doesn't know where it is. He just knows that it's they're meeting about it like tonight or something yeah. or tomorrow. And so Angel decides that he's going to cut Gun out of the situation because he knows who Jadon is or knows of him at least. And he's far too dangerous for the likes of Gun. Yeah. And cue the dick swinging. Yeah. So much dick swinging. Ching! This whole episode. I see your Schwartz is as big as mine. <laughs> nah, dog. Mine's way bigger. Yeah, but it's not, though. It's because I'm the boss. I pay you. Yeah, but ain't nobody my boss. So I do what I want. I'm an adult. <laughs> and I threw it on the ground. And he throws Angel's dick on the ground. <laughs> All I can think of. I don't need your handouts. All I can think of is the fucking dicks from... Big Mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever finish watching that? No. Oh my god, if you've never seen Big Mouth, Uh, guys, it's... Okay, full disclosure, it's probably the grossest cartoon I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) It gets a bit much. It gets to be a bit much, but it's also some of the funniest shit I have ever seen in my life. And just the the fuzzy little dicks... Uh, 
<laughs> a friend of our a friend of ours is actually probably gonna dress as the hormone monster. Oh my me. god, yes. And uh, I, I am Mari. here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> and I really hope that he can find a bunch of like stuffed penises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> At the very least, they wouldn't be that difficult to make. No. You no, cut up a wouldn't. few teddy bears, you got this. <laughs> Hell, just one, you could get at least three. No, four. Like each limb. All right. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, this has been uh, <laughs> Making Stuffed Dicks on Ale with Angel. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Stuffed Dicks. <laughs> Not intended as use for dildos. No. <laughs> They're too absorbent. For decorative that. only. <laughs> for, for all your decorative dick needs. <laughs> anyway. We're going to sell that shit on Etsy. <laughs> You know that exists already, right? <laughs> like, I don't even have to Google that shit. It has to. If it doesn't, I'm disappointed in you, Internet. <laughs> anyway, this scene close, closes out with a, a couple of lines here. Potential quotes of the day. Gun getting a bit snippy about being cut out, says, And what am I supposed to do? Sit home and knit? I could use a sweater. Something dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ditto. It's excellent. Yeah. It was a good one. It was, it was pretty good. I liked it. So we cut to the Fortress of Satitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That is, that is now what I'm going to call specifically Angel's suite in the hotel. Okay. The Fortress of Satitude. I was going to ask, is this specifically Angel's bedroom? Well, his suite. because it's, it's apartment. It's, it's, several, it's several rooms. Yeah, which of course you would. Right. You own a fucking hotel that yeah. you don't actually keep people in. Yeah. Or that's it's like, hey, I think it's time to knock out some fucking walls. Exactly. <laughs> so Angel walks in to find Kate, but yes. he he mistakes her for Darla for just a brief moment. Just a moment. And of course, Kate is still at work having some very confusing emotions and motivations for being mad at Angel and slinging wild accusations at him about being in cahoots with Darla now. Darla? 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 Darla. Darla? Darla! 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 <laughs> so. <laughs> we had to do it at least once. Derp. <laughs> well, he gives her a nice stern warning that she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing, which is not inaccurate. <laughs> not even in the slightest. And finally, no more Mr. Nice Angel, as we wrap up this rather quick scene anyhow with yes. Angel saying, let's try this one more time, huh? You get stuck between me and Darla. It'll be the last thing you ever do. Dun, dun, dun. She's like, oh, let go of me. And she runs away. My favorite part, though, is that she had this handful of folders and files and shit. Mm -hmm. She did not leave with them. <laughs> <laughs> what is she going to do with them anyway? Realize that Angel wasn't doing any of the things she thought he was doing? I, don't know. I just I don't know if they were angels. Like, or, was or she hers? going to steal them or did she bring them? I can't imagine her illegally sneaking onto somebody Either else's. Either way. Either way. With her own files? But, like, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I didn't notice that, but I'll take your word for it. Back to the hotel lobby where Wesley and Cordy get back from the premiere gala thingy. Yes. And, uh... Cordy is... There was an accident. A little pissy because somehow Wesley spilled cocktail sauce all over her shirt in front of Chow Young Fat. Which, Chow Yun-Fat doesn't strike me as the sort of person who would be, like, looking down on you for that. Like, yeah, or he, he's... Or anybody, really. 
You know, right. Like, oh, that was an accident. They're just people too. Yeah. And if they're snooty enough, then you don't need to care about their opinion anyway because they're snooty pricks. Exactly. That are going to judge you anyway. It doesn't matter what the fuck happens. So, yeah. but you know, polite high society. Of course, Cordelia is absolutely verklempt. Like butter. She's verklempt like butter. She's extremely emotional and embarrassed over having all of this. Yeah, it just, it makes me want shrimp, damn it. <laughs> really wants some... I fucking hate cocktail sauce. Yeah, it's not oh, good. It's basic... It is not good. It's like marinara mixed with horseradish. I do not like... I, I don't like marinara. And I don't like horseradish. So, there it is. Now we just separate it. I get the horseradish, you get the marinara, we're happy. See, that's... Sure, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to dip it in marinara. Uh, maybe some butter. Angel! Some butter? Like butter. <laughs> so Angel also gets yelled at for not noticing Cordelia's hair in less than 10 days ago. My favorite part about that, though, was like he's like, What'd you do? Your hair! Fucking Wesley from behind is like, Pay attention, man! <laughs> it happened 10 days ago. Pay attention, man! I'm like, oh, come on, you just found out too. But still funny. Mm-hmm. Wesley, you lying little squeeble. I don't know. There's probably a word for it. So, yeah. Uh, Angel gives them the rundown of what the situation with uh, Gunn's cousin is. And that there's this vampire named Jadon that uh, he's a flamboyant sort. Apparently, he used to be involved in the Rat Pack and he never got over it. Yeah. Back in the Sinatra days, the big gangster types. And yeah, thinks he's big shit. Talks too much, probably. Or at least that's Angel's take on it. Wesley mentions that he's quite the colorful extrovert. And uh, Cordy and Wesley seem to have doubts that Angel could pull this off. Yeah, but he's he sure is colorful. Black's a color. <laughs> <laughs> but so he doesn't have any details because he doesn't know what museum it was because Lester was just the driver. Well, the idea definitely is that they no one knew anything till they get to the meeting. Yeah, so that they can't give up the whole heist. I get it. That kind of makes sense, but still, strong arming some poor yeah. bastard into it. It's already a fucking terrible heist. But Wesley and Cordelia are excited about getting back onto a case and excited for Angel. And they're like, alrighty, we're going to go get on some research while you... He's like, well, I'm going to go meet Jadon's bus. And Cordelia correctly, surprisingly, presumes that he's going to take Jadon's place. Yeah. I figured it was a joke because she, of course, is always like the first one that wants to be with the in crowd of all things flashy. No, it turns out this is actually Angel's plan. Yeah. Take Jadon's place and wing it. Good plan. Honestly, I think it's not bad. It's not the worst. I mean... But it's, it's not much better than Wesley's plan to pretend to be Angel. The difference being Angel is Angel. The difference being, at the very least, Angel is pretending to be a vampire. <laughs> yeah. And he happens to also be a vampire. So, like, he doesn't have to pretend that he has properties of his existence that he doesn't. That he doesn't have. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Like, this is just one person... Who's very much like another pretending to be the other person. That Like, this is much more plausible. Yeah, only difference is personality issues. Nothing else about it is implausible. I guess the biggest, the biggest issue I foresaw was that he was going to go in there and I thought he was supposed to be, like, running the heist. I didn't know he was just 
one of the team no, I, I, taking instructions from somebody else. I didn't get a, get a sense that he was supposed to be running the heist. I did, but it turns out he wasn't, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. And it works out much better in that case. Well, it was just something, something because uh, Lester was upset that they were bringing in a vampire or something like that. Right, because he hates and, vampires. And yet, like, another two-thirds of the team is fucking demons anyway. Yeah. How the fuck did he get mixed up in that crowd? I don't it fucking wow. <laughs> Moving on. There's some backstory that they're missing. A person needs certain designer things. You shouldn't be trying to eat my friend's brains. Hey, you're a vampire. Cut to the bus station where Angel is taking Jadon's place. Yes. I seriously think they just fucking put David Boreanaz's stunt double in, <laughs> in the scene. I th- they might they look, have. They look almost exactly alike. They they were very similar figures, yeah. Like, they're the same body size. They're, like, similar haircut. It, I mean, this guy, I wish we'd gotten to see more of Jadon's personality. And that he hadn't killed him right away. Right. But we did get the impression that this guy could have played, could have whooped it up pretty well as some 40s flashy Sinatra type. Yeah. But he's, Angel's pretending to be his biggest fan or something, which, you know, should have been his first <laughs> red flag. But he's just too much of a narcissist. He's like, hey, of course I have fans. Why wouldn't I have fans meeting me at the bus station where I'm about to do this big heist? Hey, right. hey nobody touches the sunglasses. You stay away. <laughs> and Angel's like, oh, uh, just one last question. What's the password? There's no fucking password. Dust. Right. Kind Anyone of clever actually asking him that? Anyone? No? Ugh. Dust. <laughs> and he grabs the sunglasses as he's dusting to the ground. But no, you're right, it was kind of clever because now we know that there's zero source of identity verification on this heist. Yeah, that's it's, brilliant. Yeah, it's all just honor system. <laughs> you're who we thought you were, right? As we found it, find out only moments later, as he starts talking to this ugly-ass demon who's looking for Jadon. He looks like a, a guy who wanted to become a Klingon, but couldn't afford enough surgery to get all the head bumps. <laughs> it looks like he had his Klingon head surgery removed. Yeah. <laughs> or he played a Klingon one time, and they used the wrong kind of glue on his face. <laughs> Oops. This one's highly acidic. We didn't realize. Sorry. He's not a pretty man. <laughs> or demon, as the case is, I guess. Yeah, I'm fairly certain he's a demon, but the cops seem to treat him just like he's a dude. I guess it's he could just have horrible burn well, scars. I know, don't know. Normies see what normies can accept. Exactly. So that yeah. that track's fine for me. And the photography wasn't particularly great. It, the... it would have made anybody look suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> black and white from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> like you take a picture of someone from a distance in a black and white picture, they just like they're up to something then. Yeah. Immediately you have written their life that they are now up to something. Any soccer mom coming out of the grocery store with children, <laughs> you take a picture of them in a black and white photo from a distance, they look like a criminal. Especially if they're wearing sunglasses. Um, I advise anyone listening to this to not do that. I'm also kidding. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so Angel's personality is Jadon. I dig it. I like it. It works. 
Yeah, he finds it fairly easy to be a loudmouth, annoying douchebag, uh, which signals to this random demon dude that this is clearly his guy. He probably, in his head, is just thinking, I should just do all the things that I hate about everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, just from hanging around Cordelia, I think is more than enough. Right. (laughs) So they get in this demon dude's shitty car and drive off. He's like, whoa, I hope nobody sees me. I get no respect. Uh, Cut to this garage where they're working out of. Yeah. And Angel and Demon... It's like in a junkyard or something. Right. And Angel and Demon Dude are pulling up and they walk into this garage with some annoying asshat named Bob. He's dressed as... Bob the security guy. The security guard. And some big spiny-headed looking creature. (laughs) Angel's still whooping it up. He does a great impression of an introvert trying to be an extrovert. He really does. Sometimes it's like most of the time when he's trying to do the extrovert thing, he's like, "Hey, what's your name? What's your name?" And then that's like all the material that he has is, "Hey, you've got a name. I've got a name. We've all got names. I'm so extroverted." You know, that does bring up the question of like, is David Boreanaz an extrovert or an introvert? Is this an extrovert playing an introvert who's playing an extrovert? Or is this an introvert who plays an introvert who is playing an extrovert? I think he's an introvert playing an introvert introvert playing an extrovert because he's far too good at it. That makes sense. Also, that would also make sense why David Boreanaz is a bad singer and a bad dancer. I mean, I'm a bad singer and a bad dancer, and I'm like the most extroverted of people. Hmm. Also, it's difficult to be a famous actor and not be an extrovert. I don't know. He could be a calm extrovert. I don't know. David... Call in to our voicemail and let us know, because you're definitely listening to this, I'm sure. Get right on that. So, (laughs) all right. So, Ugly Demon, here too, for, will be referred to as Uggo. Um, Uggo wants Um, to... His his name is actually Menlo. I don't care. (laughs) So, Uggo wants to get the meeting started, but they can't start without Lester the driver. Oh, no. Well, instead, Gunn walks through the door all like, I am Lester, obviously. Nice to meet you. I drive you to heist. You heist, I drive away from heist, for I am Lester, the driver. (laughs) And apparently, either humans just all look the same to these demons and this one dipshit security guard, or absolutely nobody involved with this heist has two brain cells to rub together, and they've only hired people that they never actually met and didn't bother with any kind of identity verification process. Their system is really in shambles here. There's so much more than just that, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, I know. This heist is a mess. I mean, it's I, just a terrible, terrible mess. I don't know. Run a background check or something. <laughs> ask for an ID. Wear a carnation. I don't care. Have a fucking password. Like Angel had the idea for in the first place. Do something to prevent this. My God, it's like plugging a router into the internet with no firewall whatsoever. You're going to have a virus like that. <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. Okay. Gun who is pretending to be Lester has an issue with Angel who's pretending to be Jadon and Jadon is having an issue with Lester and there's a lot of fucking bickering going on and they're they're arguing under their breath briefly cuz Angel had told him to stay out of this and Gun told him his dick size is not at all related to Angel's dick size and he will swing it wherever he sees fit. Thank you very yes. much. Ugo gives them the rundown of the heist. 
they walk into the building after the security guard shuts down the the alarm system. They go down the elevator, steal mm-hmm. stuff. Pretty simple. It's almost like nobody actually thought about anything at all whatsoever. Here is my issue. The typical heist setup is you only have people involved that have jobs. Like, you only involve the bare minimum necessary. But they do all have jobs, Rex. Lift. Yes. <laughs> That's my fucking problem. Like, they hired Lester to be the driver, but he doesn't stay with the vehicle. Yeah. Why did they need Lester? Like, uh... Well, I mean, okay, so... Angel had the job because he needs to go into the room because he has no body heat. Yeah, and that makes sense. And that makes sense, but that's the only one that makes sense. Ugo was the only one who had any skill in blowing a safe. Okay. Um, Spiny, I think, was the real head of the operation, and he was just the, the muscle as well for lifting. And the security guard had to be there, but, like, why the fuck do they have Lester? Can none of those guys drive a van? Well, Did they, they need Lester to they, rent the van? They still needed another hand to lift, even though he wasn't particularly strong compared to the rest of them, because the rest of them are demons except for Bob. Like, and apparently it was part of the plan to abandon Bob halfway through the lift anyway? Right. But they could have hired literally anybody except a human. Yeah. Like, So why did it have to why be didn't this they, Why didn't they hire some big... Strong demon dude. It should have been a full help. demon operation yeah. except for the security guard. Yeah. Absolutely. It No, that, that didn't make any sense at all. You're right. <laughs> like I said, it's like nobody actually <laughs> thought about anything whatsoever except for a few surface preliminary yeah. things. So, so yeah. Anyway, uh, Angel and Gun start kind of arguing and bickering and Angel smacks Gun Puts him in a headlock and is like, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I know someone else. Let's toss this guy. He's trying to covertly save Gunn from having to be involved in this. He needs to stop being the fucking daddy protective type. Like, guns your fucking big guns. No pun intended, actually, here. He's, you should be fucking thrilled to have him on this operation with you. You have someone to watch your fucking back. Exactly. But he's all like, no, I got to do this myself. You know what I think would have been the best plot here, though? Hmm. Turns out everyone is undercover. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fucking perfect. God. Oh, missed opportunity. <laughs> So Angel's trying to drag Gun outside. Ugo pulls a gun and Spiny blocks the door and he's holding this wooden spear. And Ugo's like, no, bad vampire, bad driver. Second of all, by the way, we're doing this tonight. So quit being little douchebags and let's go steal some shit. Yay, stealing shit. Clearly, there are no red flags whatsoever. And I still want to do this job with all of you people that I hate. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can't go into a heist with a bunch of people that don't get along. Yeah. <laughs> that is an intimate sort of relationship. Definitely. Uh, it's almost like they assembled their heist team at <laughs> the Plot Hole Emporium. Welcome to this all-you-can-eat buffet of two-dimensional characters, devoid of any meaningful motivation. Do you need to drive a stake through the heart of all potential quality canonical <laughs> events that you've been building haphazardly for nearly a full season arc? Then hop into this cheap, tiny, easily traceable and recognizable moving van and come heist yourself some tasty din-din. <laughs> 
brain on the sheer reckless disregard for identity verification and facial recognition. Sup upon the too little too late interjection of a reasonable rejection from your hero's closest allegory to a love interest. Then sew up all those giblets and gravy of senseless accusations back into the corpse of their relationship and bake at 350 degrees for five hours. Simply bite, suck, and enjoy. As soon as you poke those holes in her, she'll thank you for making her the absolute turducken of plots. That was graphic. <laughs> that was very graphic. I aim to please. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was a bit much. You're welcome. <laughs> I think I need to put that on TikTok or something. God damn. <laughs> <sighs> so, yeah, I may have jumped ahead a little bit. A <laughs> little bit, and, yeah. Uh, but, you know. There's nothing so lovely as dreams. Everything's in them. Everything hidden. Open those chambers and you can truly understand someone. And control. Cut to the hotel where Cordy and Wesley are researching and they quickly find exactly what they're stealing. Yeah. Without effort whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Check the recent acquisitions section. Oh, this one looks like something they'd steal. I'll just guess at that and hope that we're right. <laughs> oh, look, we are. <laughs> yes, they find info on the Shroud of Ramen. Noodles? Uh, Chicken or beef? R-A-H-M-O-N. Chicken or beef? Oh, Ramon. That's how they pronounce it, but it is fucking spelled ramen. Ramen. Yeah. R-A-H-M-O-N. Ramen. That's not how you spell ramen noodles. I know that's not how you spell ramen noodles, but like, I can't look at that word and think it's pronounced any other fucking way. I can live with that. It's ramen. 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 Yeah. It's ramen. I, I don't understand. You're stealing noodles. I don't understand your obsession. That's okay. Yes, they're delicious. <laughs> And cheap. So I, I did get a quote of the day. Oh, you did? Out of okay. uh, Wesley and Cordelia doing their research. Wesley says, On the third of this month, Museum Research Department received the Shroud of Ramon from a tomb recently unearthed by the University of New Mexico archaeologists. Cordy responds, Okay, two words I don't like right off the bat. Tomb and unearthed. People, you've got to leave your tombs earthed. <laughs> No, that was good. That was just some yeah. silly Buffy speak, and I enjoyed it. And also, leave your tombs earthed. Yes, please. Seriously. If something is put in the ground, it's put there for a fucking reason. Seriously, stop stealing other people's fucking history. Like, why do we have so many Egyptian exhibits in America? Imperialism. Yeah. Cut to the crime. The crime, you say? Yes. Uh, yes, cut to the museum's back entrance, giggity. And uh, where I think if you are going to have a big truck in your crime, you should probably disable the backup beep. You should also have a big truck. This I mean, is, you might need a big this truck. This is like the but... tiniest, shittiest moving van. It was like the it shortest. Was big enough for what they needed. It was like the shortest U-Haul you can get. And it still had. They should have gotten an unmarked white van. Yeah. You t <laughs> it's so easily traceable. Yeah. Unless they put that decal on there themselves, but something tells me they didn't. So oh, they had to rent it. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably the only reason they needed the human. He had to rent the truck. Yeah. Because he had a social security card and a yes. credit card. <laughs> so they pull this truck up to the back and they walk in through beep, the door. Beep, beep, 
beep, beep. And nobody would think twice about that. I'm not really worried about it. But they walk through the back door that's had the lock duct taped down. And Angel tries to tell Uggo and Spiny that the driver should stay in the truck. And they're like, overruled! Um, because he's needed inside for lifting. And then... Yeah, it's like, why Why is he the driver then? Yeah. Well, he can do both. Why not? And then Gunn hangs back for a second. Well, because then he would have seen Kate coming in. And we would have avoided the last fourth of the episode. <laughs> you mean we would have avoided the episode? Yes. Can we, I, I would be okay with that <laughs> <laughs> what it's uh, no it's the best it's the best anyway yeah angel uh, and gun hang back for a second just long enough for gun to tell angel not to hit him again angel protests that he was trying to help him gun punches him in the face and repeats don't do it again and i'm like when are you gonna learn angel <laughs> gun's a fucking adult and he does what he wants also, don't hit your employees. Do you want him on your fucking team or not? Well, I mean, they were undercover. I I get why he did it, but it was still dumb. Just yeah. go with it. Let him be here for this. He's already here. He could have put him in the headlock without punching him. Yeah, seriously. Again, he should be fucking relieved that Gunn is working with him right now, but he's being overprotective daddy angel. Cut to inside the museum. Bob meets them at the elevator. Bob... Is on fucking drugs. He must be. Like my he, God. That man has done a lot of cocaine, I is my best guess. Because he, <laughs> he's on some sort of stimulant. Some sort of upper, definitely. Unquestionably. He's, he's just way, way too up. Yeah, because after they get the dramatic strutting in slightly slow motion out of the, out of the way. Yes. Um, he's like, so my coworker Earl, he's going to be doing his rounds in just a moment. But, you know, don't hit him super hard. <laughs> and uh, Uggo pretends to take Bob hostage as Earl comes around the corner whistling a jaunty tune. And Spiny, probably because he's been told not to hit him too hard, yeah. now... Is going to hit him too hard. Yep. And he proceeds to hit Earl really up, hard. Up against the wall and he, he goes to kill him and Angel stops him. And Angel has a good point. If you kill him, that brings cops. If you're doing a heist and somebody gets killed, if you kill someone you in a robbery. all go to jail for murder. Yeah. Otherwise, if you just steal something, they'll probably just let it go and keep an eye out for it. Not necessarily, but it, it's... You'll do a lot less time. Yeah. The moment someone dies, you're all fucked. If you have a crime, more than likely the people involved in those those crimes are like are, have weighed the risk of doing the crime and if they get caught doing that crime. If you all of a sudden up the the risk of the crime, you're going to change everyone's opinions about how invested they're in this this endeavor and you're probably going to turn some of them on you. Yeah. But considering, you know, three of the five of the team here are demons, Bob is just a moron for doing business with them in the first place. Oh, yeah. like, like, you weren't going to live through this, Bob. Seriously. Come well, on. He might have if he hadn't goaded them. I don't know. Anyway, who fucking cares? So they hand Bob some tape and they say, go tape up Earl, tie up Earl, whatever. He's very excited about it. <laughs> But downstairs at the door to the vault, Spiny gets a little prickly telling Uggo to hurry up and blow the vault. Yeah. Uggo needs a moment to let his raging hard-on subside slightly before he drills into this bitch. And uh, Angel helps lubricate as Uggo... The spiny-headed looking creature 
needs to learn a little bit of patience because like the moment they walk up to the vault and the dude like puts his hand on it like looking at the vault and he's like why haven't you cracked it yet let's get it open it's like seriously fucking what he's supposed to just walk up and be like and then it's open yeah this fucking guy just shouldn't be involved at all none of them should be involved at all they all suck yep and uh you can't tell me there aren't other known professionals who are also demons in the world. I I don't Come think on. these guys have done too many heists. And we find out that Spiny Boy over here has some ulterior motives for wanting this shroud. It's because yeah. it belonged to his people. He's not here for the money. It's some honor thing or some shit i get they hinted that being a possibility sure so anyway angel's lubricating the drill and making very strong eye contact with gun during this ordeal remember if you don't use cutting fluid you're gonna have a bad time no you can't drill metal without cutting fluid gotta lubricate that shit yeah, it's also a double entendre. Yes. Cut to the police station. Where apparently Vice has been already following this crew, and they're, they've come to Kate because they have a picture of Angel, and they talked to somebody who knew that who Angel was and knew Kate would know who he was, I guess. Yeah. It's it, confusing. It was convoluted as fuck. Random coppers are like... Hey, here's some guys that we got some pictures of. One of them's a security guard, but he's got a history. Well, then why the fuck is he working as a security guard? Did they not run any kind of a background check at the museum? They they definitely did. Okay. And then they've got a make on this guy, M. James Menlo, who we know is Uggo. Yes. And he likes to crack safes. That's literally all the information we get about him. And they use this to discern that they must be pulling a heist on the museum. No other scenario that could possibly happen here. And they've also got a picture of Angel. I'm sorry, Jadon. Yeah. From earlier tonight that some fucking guy, Carlson or whatever, recognized and thought Kate might be interested. And she is. Uh, Back to the hotel where Spiny is doing more bitching and impatient complaining and everything. Specifically while... Menlo is about to put fucking nitroglycerin into the goddamn hole that he drilled. Menlo, a.k.a. Shaky Hands McGee. Like, are you sure you're a safe cracker, you fucker? I don't think he is. I I think this is the first one of these he's ever done. Apparently. Apparently. Well, okay, maybe the second. (laughs) Or maybe he's tried several before and just never actually got this far before they caught him maybe this is why he has burn scars on his face and he's not really a demon (laughs) (laughs) but yeah his his hands are super shaky like should he really be the nitroglycerin handler here and also fucking spiny assholes just fucking standing over his goddamn shoulder basically screaming in his ear why aren't we in yet like you can fucking see he's working on it you asshole yeah and uh, okay regardless of how shaky his hands are the way he was holding it there was no way he was gonna be able to put it in the hole without dropping it he was holding each end with his thumb and his index finger Guess what? Your index finger is going to get in the way and you're going to drop it. You need to either hold it like a cigarette or hold one end with your thumb and your forefinger. Yeah. Dip shit. He, he drops it. 
Angel, luckily, being a badass, saves the day by catching the vial on his foot. Yeah, he must have played a fuck ton of hacky sack in his day. Because <laughs> there's no other way that that was in any way plausible. That was badass, though. Sure. Let's go with that. But he's like, oh, allow me. And he puts it, He puts the vial in the damn safe. Yeah, he saves the day because he's a smooth-ass fucker. And then they blow the safe. And <laughs> so... I happened to pause it when they blew the same. And I noticed it's made of fucking cardboard and plywood. Yeah. You didn't really need to pause it to see how shitty that safe blow effect was. But it is so fucking noticeably plywood and cardboard. Yeah. It's extra shitty if you pause it (laughs) at the spot where they show the blown hole. This obviously this was one of the like low budget cheap episodes because they're like okay we we need to save money for these other big ones that we're gonna blow our load on but it was all rushed filler with the only exception of how they closed it up with kate but we'll get to that later But they could have at least done literally anything but show a fucking wood and cardboard vault being blown yeah they did not need that shot (laughs) we could have done just fine with the long shot of the actual explosion move on oh well whatever i was hoping for some demon fighting tonight and i wound up with a delivery job instead if i come back here on the end of a spatula i'm expecting some serious workman's comp i'm just messing with y'all Cut back to Hotel California, or, you know, the Hyperion. Yes. Um, Angel's Hotel. Angel Investigations. Yeah, where Wesley explains that the shroud was used to, I guess, keep a big-ass vile demon from resurrecting, and it, like, absorbed his power somehow. Some shit like that. And the sh- the shroud is known to drive everyone insane. Yep. And it sounds like a bad time. <laughs> and it was dyed with the blood of three virgin women. Cordy takes issue with this. Why is it always virgin women who have to do the sacrificing? Uh, for purity, I suppose. Well, this has nothing to do with purity. This is all about dominance, buddy. You can bet if someone ordered a male body part for religious sacrifice, the world would be atheist like that. And she's not wrong. No, she is not. But uh, anyway, apparently there was an incident in 1803 where the shroud was uncased in El Encanto, wherever the hell that is. I didn't look it up. It sounds Hispanic of sorts to me. And uh, everyone went fucking nuts. Murder, rape, pillage, the whole shebang. And actual quote of the day here, Cordy says, I get the picture. So in order to take his mind off the torment that is Darlo, we send Angel after a box that makes you crazy. Ah, I see the irony. It's a great idea. It's a great idea. It so, works out. Yeah, so no fine. problem. No problem. We'll just, we'll just hit everything's fine. Ah, yeah, no problem. We'll just tell him not to steal it. Okie dokie, artichokey. Unless, of course, he's stealing it right now. Oh, shit. Talk about another leap in logic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not back. They must be stealing it right now. Right now. I don't know. In that circumstance, I think my leap of logic would be, oh, no, something could be wrong. What if what if they found him out and he's dead? Yeah. Like I think that's where I would go first. Yeah. Then oh what if they're doing it tonight? Well, they're getting the element of surprise anyway. Except when you're dealing with crack investigators like Wesley and Cordelia, yep. who can just figure anything out. <laughs> who can take a wild guess and be a hundred percent correct. Yeah, they have got a pretty good track record there. 
So they run out the door. Yay, I'm excited for some Wesley and Cordelia action. Yes. Uh, cut back to the museum, where honestly, it's kind of weird to me that they have a vault. But anyway, right. uh, Angel goes into the vault. And I, at least... I think you mean Jadon goes into the vault. Sorry. Jadon goes <laughs> into the vault, which gratefully, they used a more realistic vault door for this shot than the previous. Yeah, whatever. It, it The only problem I had with it is you specifically can see Angel's reflection Oh, in the vault door. Jeez, I didn't even notice. <laughs> I could not. And I'm like, wait a second. Because I saw that, and as soon as I thought I saw that, I'm like, well, at least that is coated in some sort of foil or something to make it look metal. Wait, why can we see Angel's reflection? Well, because, you know, photography is a thing, and low budget. What are you going to do? So he saunters in and immediately goes, crazy eyes. Yellow eyes, specifically. Yellow being the color of choice to depict crazy in this particular scenario. Yes. I approve, because one of the best recurring demons in Supernatural was nicknamed Yellow Eyes. Most notably because he had yellow Yellow eyes. eyes. Yeah, you guessed it. That that tracks. (laughs) Anyway. That's a show I'll never watch. I know. It's (laughs) It's too fucking long. You should just watch seasons one through five and stop. Don't even bother with the rest. Or don't. don't. I'm afraid. (laughs) I'm afraid of watching that far and then, and wanting, then not stopping. And then wanting to watch the rest? Yeah. I don't need that kind of commitment in my life. Eh, whatever. Like I said, or don't. I already don't have enough time for the media I want to consume. I, I know. I completely understand. And this is not even this is not a hill I will die on telling anybody to ever watch Supernatural. Not even a little bit. So anyway, Angel randomly pulls some wires and diffuses the alarm and he lets all the other shitheads in. Bob was out there having himself a little braingasm about, oh, we're going to be rich. This can be amazing. I can feel it. It's in the air. <laughs> I don't know if it was the effect of the shroud or if he's just that squirrely. I also just don't care. Yes. Yes. I think it's all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> so Gunn makes an observation about feeling something weird. Spiny then has a characteristically predictable moment explaining how he hates human emotions and follows it up with how angry it makes him. <laughs> Completely missing the irony of the situation. <laughs> I didn't even pick up on that. <laughs> oh, that is such a thing I would pick up on. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah, so Angel... That's very good, though. Um, I, I'm sorry, Jadon gets yeah. <laughs> snarky, saying he likes it when humans are scared. It makes him taste salty. It actually makes me wonder, because... So if... If a human is scared, then there there would be adrenaline and there would be uh, other, like, I think cortisol and a few other chemicals running through their bloodstream. Mm. So I wonder if you could actually find out if that would be true. Right? Like, yeah. how would them being scared alter the flavor? And now this is a research hole that I think I'm going to fall down. Do it. I, I think I'm going to have to. Or give us a call at 269-743-0783 and let us know if you happen to have tasted yes. scared blood. Or if you have like a degree in biology or something and would you know be able to help figure this out. That would be cool. Yeah. Or that. Please do not taste scared blood yes. for the sake of our podcast. No, no physical experimentation for this particular If, if you were going to do that anyway, not for the sake of our podcast, we implore you to not do that. Irregardless, you know? (laughs) I I had a quick quote of the day here. Spiny gets all up in Angel's face and he says, Did I ask for your opinion, you overgrown leech? Oh, please, Altoids, aisle four. (laughs) 
I don't know. I thought that was clever. I wrote it down as well. <laughs> so they're uh, they're prepping to lift the sarcophagus thingy, and Gun checks in with Angel. He's like, "Hey, what's wrong, man? You about to turn or something?" He's like, "No." Can I just say that they are idiots? Because yes. so they have. I mean, they are. Well, yeah, but also. So Menlo's on the back, right? And then the spiny-headed dude and Angel are on one side. And then the two humans are opposite them. Like, wouldn't you put the two strong guys on opposite sides of each other? Yeah. Even out the the weight distribution based on strength. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, They're idiots. They are the worst thieves ever. Add it to the list. (laughs) Christ almighty. So anyway, I was just getting to a, another minor quote of the day here. Gun's asking Angel, you about to turn or something? No. Well, you don't look like a no. Shut up and lift, Lester. Don't give me orders, Elvis. <laughs> you know, there wasn't much else to grab onto in this episode, and I thought that was vaguely entertaining. I appreciate that even though they're losing their goddamn minds due to mis- mystical means, they're staying <laughs> in character. Right? And there's That is dedication to one's craft. And they're still finding a way to fight with each other. While staying in their alter ego characters as well. They're staying in both characters at the same time. That's impressive. Yeah. Well, except for the fact that these other guys, if they had two brain cells to rub together, would have figured it out a long fucking time ago. Oh, yeah. Well, if they had two brain cells to rub together, they would have fucking provided some sort of identity verification method. And hired people that wanted to be (laughs) there. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we're at the back door again. Giggity. <laughs> Wesley and Cordy enter and immediately go loopy. This is the moment where I'm like, oh, okay. The shroud doesn't make you crazy. It gets you fucking stoned. Something like that. Because they're stoned. That's how they're fucking acting. Basically. I didn't put too much thought into it. Cordy's like, oh, it must be the altitude. Yes, the altitude here at sea level. Ha 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 ha. And they immediately split up right after agreeing to stick together. It was kind of funny. It was very Three Stooges, but there were only two of them. That's how dumb <laughs> it was. It's very Two Stooges. Yes, Two Stooges. <laughs> Back outside. Yeah, where Kate enters very briefly behind them. Yeah, she pulls her gun immediately and runs inside like yeah. every cop ever would she do. She calls some code that is in progress. And it's like, you have absolutely no information yeah you haven't even walked up to the fucking building yet you don't know what's happening she doesn't even know that the door is unlocked yet right there's a truck at the dock weird i've never seen a truck at a loading dock before right that never happens that there could be perfectly legal reasons for that yeah loading docks do loading all fucking hours of the night or maybe it's left there because they need it in the morning yeah seriously so (laughs) in the hallway uh, while carrying the tomb, Angel, I'm sorry, Jadon, gets into an <laughs> argument because Gunn is rambling on about vampires thinking they own the world and something about his dead sister. I didn't really care. Angel, I'm sorry, Jadon, shoves him up against a wall <laughs> until he calms the fuck down. But when they drop the big fucking heavy case, the glass breaks. Yeah. And that starts letting out the evil fumes? Yeah, they let, the, they let the blue smoke out. And you know you're <laughs> fucked when you let the blue smoke out. It's like a computer, but, it, you know, it's an ancient sarcophagus. Same logic. Yeah. And a gun pulls a stake on Angel. Ugo pulls a gun and cocks it, and they shut the fuck up and look at him. Ugo sets down the gun on the sarcophagus and says, Case, did you catch that and or have any idea what the fuck he meant by that? 
I guess he meant pick up the case as in the big sarcophagus thing. Okay, maybe. That's my best guess, but also, like, it did not have enough context for me to be like, oh, that's what he meant. Yeah, I was so confused, but... So this particularly confusing because at this very moment, security Bob chooses to go completely batshit ding dong nuts over here and he gets super excited about being tied up and he has to look like the good guy and they have to hit him to make it look real. Well, Spiny makes it look real enough. Yeah, by ripping off his damn head, which explains in the beginning why they were accusing Wesley of there being a body with no head. And denogonization is a bitch. It sure is. I'm a little worried that spiny-headed looking creature, though. He fucking just like, just... Yeah, it uh, didn't look like it took much effort. No. He's a strong motherfucker, which is why he's the last one left standing trying to move this fucking sarcophagus. He looks like he could just fucking push the goddamn thing himself. Seriously, guys, there's this thing called dollies. Right. (laughs) <laughs> or or those those carry straps at least yeah like fucking lift one end and put the strap under and then lift the other end and put the strap under seriously yeah like those are those fucking work oh i've seen them used and it blew my mind they they're amazing mm-hmm. and come on guys <laughs> you're just tearing up your fingers this way right definitely judging by your uncomfortableness i would say you're either about to ask me out on a date or you need a favor Well, see, the thing about detectives is they have resumes and business licenses and last names. Pop stars and popes, those are the one name guys. So cut back to the museum lobby, I think it was. Well, there were, it was dark and open and there were stairs anyway. And it was definitely in the museum. It was definitely part of the museum. So yeah, she's wandering through the dark and Wesley runs into her, literally. Yeah. And he's kind of losing his shit. She fires off a shot right? as he runs into her, which is why you don't run around with your gun when you don't know what the fuck's going on. More importantly, a professional with properly trained trigger discipline would not accidentally fire their gun like that. Yeah. Come on, Kate. You're better than this. She should. Actually, no, you're probably she not. She should be. You, I mean, you are still a cop, they've- so... <laughs> They've been writing all of the good out of her for the last several episodes really, she's been they in. They really have. And it's just really pissing me off. So she recognizes Wesley immediately and doesn't apologize at all for being completely stupid with her gun and starts demanding to know where Angel is. Wesley is struggling with some confusion, if you will, and brokenly remembers that he's there to warn Angel that the Shroud makes everyone act differently. <laughs> but to be fair, he does notice Kate's hair. And just how fucking blonde it is. She's quite blonde. It's very blonde. But her hairstyle has not changed. No. You missed the point, Wesley. <laughs> Cut to another room in the museum where Cordy is going fucking nuts over her own teeth. She's got big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would I think what she was saying was an actor's vocal warm-up. She's like, I am pleasant. <laughs> Which is just a... Well, she mentioned having big teeth. Like She was looking at her reflection and she mentioned having big teeth. Yes. And then she started doing the actor warm-up thing. Yeah. 
It's just because it gets dictation to... Anyway, it was funny. Back to the lobby where Kate gets hit by the shroudy weirdiness. She's whammied! Oh no, Kate's high too now. Yes. Not that it plays into anything at all after this, but... And then Wesley vanishes. Wesley, not before being very proud of his hair noticing skills. Yes. And then he fucks off and continues to look for Angel, supposedly. I'm sorry, (laughs) Jadon. Cut back to the elevator. First, we cut back to Cordy where she steals a necklace off a mannequin. Oh, yeah. She also steals the necklace from uh, from the lonely plastic person. Yes. <laughs> then we cut back to the elevator. Yes, where uh, Menlo freaks out about fingerprints. There's fingerprints everywhere. No, they're going to catch us. and They're going to take it away. And then there were three moving yeah. the sarcophagus. Gun has flies in his head now. Yes. And uh, Angel, I mean, Jadon gets all up in Gun. I mean, Lester's shit, shaming him for being tired or having a backache or a toothache and then succumbs to some head voices and a headache or something. What's wrong, Angel? Got a little headache? Little eye strain? You got some voices in your head, huh? Weakling. Christ. Magic fucking shroud making you a little crazy. Is it? Huh? You're so weak. You snowflake. (laughs) You can't take some psychic pressure. You need a safe space. (laughs) Anyway, this this is not going well. Nothing's going well here at all. No. Least of all, the episode of Angel. (laughs) (laughs) So... Wesley runs in, loopy as ever, but getting the fucking job done, mind you. Warning Angel that shit's all fucked up. Wesley's like, Angel, I'm sorry, Jadon, must go. Shroud make people bad, bad. And then Angel, I'm sorry, Jadon says, get out. Like, I I picked up that you were doing that on purpose, but it just keeps getting funnier. So, uh, <laughs> at this point, Kate runs in, gun clicks or cocks or whatever. So, you know, she loses a round every time you do that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Police! I'm in way over my head here. <laughs> if you could all just cut me some slack, that'd be great. <laughs> Direct quote here, not paraphrased at all. Wow, look at you. (laughs) Rushing in here all by yourself. You're the best cop ever. (laughs) And he may have been under the influence here, but that's the first thing anybody's said in a while that actually tracks in this episode. Right. God damn. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. so I think crazy hard air quotes Angel is taking on his Jadon character a little much here because he acts really super guilty here and flips out on Kate, mocking her about her father's death and shit. And he's like, yeah. oh, you got me. I'm going down. But first, a little impression of you. Ooh, I'm a cop with a mission to protect the innocent and rain on everybody's parade and obsess about my father's death and bother people who are about to steal things. Then he, uh, he gets peckish. He's a bit peckish. (laughs) Oh, Katie, what are you so afraid of? Is it this? Nom. Vamps out. The part where I'm going to kill you because I got to tell you, I love that in a woman. So, quote of the day there. That's just, a, yeah, that's a good line. 
Well, the the whole speech. He ba- they were basically how can we get Angelus without incurring Angelus? They're, they definitely did. Whether or not they were having David Boreanaz go this route or not, but it the whole I get the whole sense that Angel losing his mind is just him being Angelus. Right. And it re- that's the whole fucking scene reads that way that it's Angelus talking. And he fucking nails it perfectly. Yeah, this is one of few things that the episode did well. We're like, how much of this is him being in character? How much of this is him being under the influence? And I guess it's basically just those two things. Oh, oh, and how much of this is him being in character to protect his cover? Right. On top of that, all of that, and... He has to make sure these people are fucking safe. Yeah. From himself and his fellow criminals. I guess we'll go with fellow criminals. Fake criminal partners. Yes. Things. Yes. Demons. Demons. From the the bad evil people. Yeah. The 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 evil 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 people. The evil evil people. Yes. Yes. As opposed to the not so evil evil people. Yeah. The Sure. (laughs) Good thing he had this conversation with Kate before. Yes. (laughs) I'll see you've played Knifey Spoonie before. (laughs) But is it an evil knife or a good knife? (laughs) Shut up and take its shoes. (laughs) We dropped a house on her already. Now run. Angel bites Kate. Nom, nom, nom. Drink, drink, drink. Yeah. So he... (laughs) He knocks, he knocks the gun out of her hand as she's shooting at him, and he bites her. I, man, I was like, how is he ever going to explain this one away? Well, he fucking won't. You know, he couldn't get her to trust him before when he hadn't even done anything wrong to her, and she had no evidence against him. I, you know, I could have handled if this was the point in time where Kate flew off the handle and started having some weird obsession vendetta against Angel. That would have made perfect sense, and it would have been like this big betrayal ordeal where she doesn't fucking understand why any of this went down the way it did. But now it's just fanning the flame of her already ill-founded mistrust of him and essentially proving her right. And boy, howdy, does that just irritate the absolute shit out of me. Or at least that's all how I felt before the end of this episode. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Cut to the back door, giggity. (laughs) <laughs> where there's some swatting going on yeah then <laughs> swatting on the back door they heard that gun had some flies in his head and they were like we're on it because the swat team barges in and they make the choo choo motion <laughs> <laughs> and, the- <laughs> and they run a train on wesley huddled over kate's unconscious body I don't know how many fetishes are wrapped up in that statement, but here we are. A lot. I'm sure. <laughs> Several. And she's got a bite mark on her neck. There's another one. And they immediately arrest Wesley for sh- uh, some shitty shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, decapitating a guy and drinking a woman's blood. You yeah. Know? Don't do that. Um, you know, assaulting an officer in general. Yeah. That's a, that one will put you away for life on that one alone. Or, or, you know, take away your life. Yeah, if you if you live through the arrest. Yes. Right? So, there's still a place in this world for traditional research. Even a solitary soldier such as myself recognizes that a free exchange of intelligence benefits the common struggle. Also, I brought in your mail and newspaper. 
And uh, back at the garage. Yes, back at the hideout. They arrive carrying the fucking thing. You know, Gunn's a little angry about Angel drinking Kate. Was he? I didn't even gather that. I'm just amazed at this point that these psycho twats are all still ripping off this stupid shroud. And then my favorite fucking part. My favorite fucking part is like, okay, let's open it. And (laughs) Angel even says... I, I didn't write down his actual line, but his his basic response is, really? Really? Why didn't we do that in the first place? Right? All we wanted was the shroud. We didn't need the fucking sarcophagus. Yeah, we didn't need the giant, heavy, lead-lined fucking box then, Literally 2,000-pound box. Yeah. That's how much a ton is, right? Yes. Or is it 1,000 pounds? 2,000. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, But it also depends on if you're talking about a metric ton or an imperial ton. I don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> so they get in a tug-of-war match over it. Uggo fires off uh, his gun. Pew, pew, pew. Oh, my God. I capitalized. I spelled it like gun's name. Uggo <laughs> fires off his gun trademark at Angel, and I... Th- <laughs> Oh, God, that put images in my head. There's your fan fiction. Someone firing gun at Angel. He fires off his gun character at Angel. I'm sorry, Jadon. Spiny punches Uggo, who falls and hits his head on, I think it was a vice clamp, and he's down and out for the count. Yep. And Angel and Spiny duke it out, and then Gun comes to continue fighting Angel, because they're both, like, under the effect of the Shroud, I guess. And Gun thinks that Angel's gone evil, I guess. And Angel's like, nah, dude, fucking stop it. I know what to do with the Shroud. Well, not before Spiny gets a bullet in his head from Uggo while he's laying on the ground, just randomly firing at shit, because he's dizzy because he's got a head massive head wound i'll go now yes and uh angel has this final moment of lucidity which convinces gun to let go of the shroud yep and then he takes it outside and he burns it what a simple solution they stole it for nothing right all that well i mean they're preventing it from happening in the future yeah Yeah. that's something and then from there we cut back to the interrogation room where all of this started a few moments ago, before the flashback. Yeah, so Mr. Dowdy Pants 1 and 2 are still giving Wesley all kinds of shit. <laughs> Dowdy Pants. <laughs> Kate barges in, all super pale looking, as they're arresting, hard air quotes, Wesley, while he's already in custody. How do you arrest somebody who's already in custody? I don't know. Well, so the thing here is, is you can have him in custody for questioning, okay. but he's not arrested. All right, fine. That's the difference. All right. Anyway, she's all, let him go. And they're all like, oh, there goes my Christmas bonus. But we wanted to violate his civil his civil liberties. No, no, no. We don't do that unless we don't like them. But we like Wesley. So do hashtag a cab. Oh, right. We do. Yeah, we, we like Wesley. I like Wesley. You don't like Wesley? I do. I'm I like Wesley. Cops like him because he's white. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so Wesley's all, I'ma go have a big old poo of relief now, and Kate's all, okay, I'ma go have a pint or two of blood transfused into me if you don't mind. <laughs> yeah, she looks she looks like she needs it. Yeah, I'd have approved of her even just drinking some blood at that point. <laughs> like you got to get some like, some something. iron or something. Yeah, I don't know. And then we get a little flashback to uh someone give that woman a cookie yeah right holy hell oj (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so we cut we do a quick little flashback to Angel biting Kate. Yeah, he Kate flashy backies to not at all enjoying happy slappy slurpy derpy time with Angel. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jadon. <laughs> <laughs> He whispers into her ear that she needs to stay down or they'll kill her. And so she was playing dead the whole time. Aw, jeez. Aw, jeez, Rick. She must have actually passed out because, like, when the SWAT team got there, she was definitely unconscious. She seemed pretty unconscious. Yep. I'm sure it wasn't difficult to not expend a lot of energy. Right. Yeah. So when Wesley was like, come on, Kate, wake up. She was like, ah, five more minutes. Fuck you. (laughs) It's not even seven o'clock yet. Shut up, mom. When did you become British? (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah. uh, Angel's uh, telling her to stay down. Effectively gets Algo to lower his gun. And and Kate fucking listens to Angel. I'm sorry, Jadon, for a change. And, uh, yeah, presumably now Angel has completely, 100% regained her trust and made her think twice about all her wild, confusing allegations against him. Right? Sure. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Cut back to the hotel. The lobby, specifically. Yes, where uh, Wesley's pacing about, worried about Angel. And he's worried that Angel drinking human blood will, like reawaken his thirst for human death yeah that'll happen i mean they might not be entirely wrong that's totally that's totally what it is that keeps angel from killing people yeah you know it's not has nothing to do with the fact that he has a fucking soul yeah but my favorite bit with this scene is cordy is like when wesley's like talking about being worried about stuff She's like, what, my stealing? I returned everything, I swear. But she's wearing the fucking necklace she took off. Oh, was she? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know it was that. That's hilarious. (laughs) That just cracked me up that she... I really hope we see that necklace again just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Every now and again. That'd be great. So, yeah, uh, we close out the episode. Everybody's having a nice little pontification on the ramifications of the evening's events. And how it may have reawakened Angel, not J. Don's bloodlust. <laughs> Cut up to Angel. Angel in the Fortress of Satitude. <laughs> Doing pretty much yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Having himself a little pontification, his own little private pity party for himself. Boy, that blood sure was delicious. Yeah. I imagine it probably was, like, after being so long of just drinking, like, cow's blood when you're, like, su- supposed to subsist on human blood. Oh, absolutely. That's, like... Being on a diet and then finally getting to eat a burger. Oh, my God. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about burgers right now. Ger- oh, I'm so hungry. Gerarg. Yes, Gerarg. Is this for me? I must be ready. I need my strength. strength. Give, 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 give me more! Nights, I shall give, walk give, in give, here. Give, 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 give. Hold on. You've got something in your eye. So, what was your quote of the day? or should we go into how we felt about the episode let's at least let's at least touch on it okay how'd you feel about this episode this episode (laughs) it didn't even let me finish my sentence (laughs) like 
the funny bits weren't even that fucking entertaining to me. Yeah. It wasn't funny. I didn't find it entertaining. The whole fucking plot was contrived as hell. There were some maybe okay, decent acting bits, but even then there was nothing that stood out to me as good. So I likened it earlier to when Wesley pretended to be Angel. Which, that episode was also riddled with plot holes, yep. but at least it was slapsticky. Yeah. It was funny, and it made sense why they wanted to make the episode the way they did for that reason alone. This episode did not have the same benefit. Exactly. To, to balance out the entire episode being fucking riddled with plot holes. And... I, so the only thing that made this episode even vaguely worthwhile was that it gives me a modicum of hope that maybe when Kate leaves the show, she will be on some kind of good terms with Angel and right. she'll fucking leave him alone and stop being on this wild half-cocked vendetta that they put her on. But there's still no amount of backing up that they can do to forgive the amount of half-cocked vendetta that she's been on for several episodes now. Precisely. And, uh, uh, okay, whatever. I'm just, I've, I've got emotional whiplash about it at this point. And I know we, we don't keep Kate forever. She's probably going to no. be gone by the end of this season, if not oh, yeah. sooner. And just, yeah, this episode was too little too late in terms of Kate's plot arc you know what the number one thing about this episode that pissed me off is hmm. the actor who played the spiny headed looking dude yeah was tony todd okay the number one thing i can think that you would recognize him from is he played in this that one episode of deep space nine when there was some time traveling shit going on and cisco encountered his son as an adult he okay. played he played adult cisco's son yes I can't remember his name either. He, but he's most known for being the villain in the Candyman horror films. Oh, really? But he he's... Yeah, he seemed he, like... He's a, on the same fucking par of all the like quintessential 90s small bit actors. Who, like, like, he's been in almost everything. Yeah, he was a solid actor. I really enjoyed his performance, but I hated the character. They squandered the shit out of him. Um, he actually played he played a Klingon in Star Trek as well. Oh, cool. Um, he played I think it was Kern. Uh, Next who Generation. Was, he appeared in Next Gen and Deep Space Nine because he was Worf's younger brother. Cool. But he's a he's a phenomenal actor, just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. And he was completely, utterly fucking wasted. Yeah. The character he played in this was one note had like two or three lines that was all the same fucking thing that he was saying. Yeah. Look how angry I am yeah. and impatient. That that was it. That was his whole character. He's a great actor. Terrible fucking role. Terrible fucking episode. Honestly, I will say right now that I think this is the hands down worst episode of Angel that I've encountered yet. I'm not sure I'm prepared to say that, but it's up there. It Definitely. It's unquestionably the worst in second season so far. Hmm, probably. Yeah. All right, what's your quote of the day? I'm going to have to go with, wow, you're the best cop. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> it was like this episode stepped outside of itself for a moment and was like, hey, guys, can we just take a moment to appreciate 
how shitty of a cop she's being that we've written her into this corner now. Thank you very much. But like also, she's a TV cop and she's acting the way a TV cop's supposed to act, I guess. But God, you're terrible. Yeah. But yeah, that that's definitely my quote of the day. What's your quote of the day? <laughs> I got to give it to Cordy. Two words I don't like right off the bat. <laughs> tomb and unearthed. People, you've got to leave your tombs earthed. Yeah. And that's just sound advice. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> On so many levels. Right? So many levels. As a, as a runner-up, I do want to note Cordy's other line. This has nothing to do with parody. This is all about dominance, buddy. You can bet if someone ordered a male body part for religious sacrifice, the world would be atheist like that. Yeah. because that That one's more real talk, and I also heavily agree... Big atheist. Yep. And religion can go fuck itself. And except she made a great point there. Except the worship of Keanu. Except for yes. Well, that's that's cults. That's a cult worship. I don't really think of that as a religion. Um, I mean, cults are religious. They are absolutely. I somehow this is an atheist church of Keanu though. We're gonna we haven't really <laughs> written the Bible for that yet. Oh, we don't need a Bible. We have. <laughs> What do we need a Bible for? We have when all we of the have movies. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. All three of them. Yes, absolutely. God, I need to watch. I need to rewatch all of those now. Right. I did. I can't believe I didn't rewatch those before watching Face the Music. Yeah. What is wrong with me? I know we I don't. Mean, we don't have time for that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. This has been another episode of Ale with Angel. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to like us on Facebook. Head on over to our website at www.beerwithbuffy.com. If you want to buy some shit from us, go ahead and tack on a slash shop and it'll take you right to our shop. Or we've got all these fancy things right on the front of that website called buttons that link you to all of these crazy (laughs) things that I'm also about to say, such as if you want to support us financially without being mailed some fun stuff like mugs or t-shirts or hoodies. We've also just recently added some things to that store. Like, uh, there's a tote. Is there a fanny pack? We need. Uh, a- no, I haven't gotten to the fanny pack yet. I'm working on it. But there are there are now tank tops, V-neck shirts, and there is a water bottle. Also a poster. Neat. Okay, yeah, so lots of things. But if you don't want those things, head on over to patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Uh, we have a $5 cat naming perk tier where we will literally name your cat for you on the air. Hey, tell you what, if you don't want to do any of those things, if you're too broke for that, we understand. Gosh, we are too. All you have to do is head on over to iTunes and give us a review. Punch in the stars. Punch in the letters that make the wordy words and talk nicey nice about us. Okay? It'll be really fun. I promise. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, tell you what, if you do that, we're also going to enter you and everybody else who's ever reviewed us into a giveaway contest. And we're going to give away probably a hoodie from uh, that very own store that we were just talking about only moments ago. And uh, regardless of if you win that contest, you will get a free sticker. All you have to do is send us an email telling us that you reviewed us. Give us your address. We'll mail you a goddamn sticker for goddamn free. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. 
to Ale with Angel and Beer with Buffy because we love you. Fuck a doodle do. <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail or a text at 269-743-0783. Thank you, as always, to JJ Treadway for all of our transitional music and the opening music for Ale with Angel. This has been Ale with Angel. I'm Josh. And I'm Rex. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Reeves be with you. You are the slayer. Lives depend upon you. I make allowances for your years, but I expect a certain amount of responsibility, and instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>